So, in the daytime at 4.15 p.m., Meg Candless knocked on the door of dairy farmer Don Tipple in Springbrook, near Euclid. She was covered in blood, mud and bruises. She was also shoeless and she asked for a doctor, claiming that she was a victim of an assault. Hello everyone and welcome to All Time Chatter Podcast. I'm your host and today I have a new bonus crime episode for you. Today I bring you the Ezra McCandless case aka Monica Joy. So Ezra's biological father got separated and then Ezra changed her name to McCandless after Chris McCandless whose life is the subject of the book and film Into the Wild. So what actually happened into this case and what happened to Woodsworth? We will be deep diving into the case. So towards the end of summer 2017, she met Jason Mengel, who is a 33-year-old National Guard medic. The two embarked on a relationship and moved together in August 2017. Now around the same time, Meg Candless also met the 23-year-old barrister and substitute teacher Alex Woodsworth at a coffee house. Now on her birthday in the early 2017 of October, she found out that she was pregnant with Mangle's child. She drove to Minneapolis to have an abortion. Now not long after that, she began a secret relation with Woodward. At the beginning of February 2018, Meg Candless alleged that she was assaulted by one of Mangle's friends, John Hansen, while she was passed out. Detectives investigating the claim interviewed Alex Woodward and he did not support McCandless' versions of events. The case was later dropped. So now in mid-February 2018, while Mengel was away on a two weeks of National Guard duty, McCandless moved back to her mother's house in Wisconsin. When he returned, the pair would meet at hotels. During one of the hotel stays, Mengel read messages on McCandless' phone and found out about her relation with both Woodsworth and Hansen, of which she claimed the latter was an assault. Mengel confronted both Hansen and Woodworth. There was a public argument with three over the alleged assault and relation at a racy's coffee shop in Euclid. McCandless blamed Woodsworth for the ending of her and Mengel's relation. Now, on February 24, 2018, she sent a text message to Woodsworth telling him not to talk to her ever again. McCandless continued to talk with Mengel. She sent him journals in which she expressed her upset at having betrayed him and she wanted to deliver them to him herself, but he refused and asked her to send them by other means. Now we will be moving into the mother plot which actually took place and is very horrifying. So on the 22nd of March 2018, Meg turned up unannounced and saw ex-boyfriend Jason Mangle at Racy Coffee Lounge in Euclid. She was seen on the coffee shop security footage. Mangle later mentioned that McCandless had seemed agitated. McCandless left the coffee shop and went to visit Woodsworth at his house as she claimed she had some items to return to him. Mangle said that he felt there was something odd about the way she was acting and things she had said. Mangle rode his bike to Woodsworth house in an attempt to find McCandless and spotted her 2003 Chevy Impala outside, the car's engine still running. 
While waiting for my candles, he was seen outside pacing back and forth by a passerby who thought it looked suspicious and phoned the police. After waiting for around 45 minutes, Mengel went inside the house without knocking and stated that he found McCandless and Woodward in the middle of a conversation. He walked back outside to wait for them to finish talking and was suddenly met by the Euclid police who the passerby called and then Mengel explained to the officers that he was there because he was concerned about McCandless as she was not acting like herself. So in the police dash cam footage, an officer can then be seen speaking to Woodward outside of his house who is standing next to McCandless' car and McCandless is sat in her car in the driver's seat but is not visible. At about 1 p.m., satisfied that there was not a problem, the officers and Mengel left. That is the last time he saw Woodward alive. So a few hours later, about 4.15 p.m., McCandless knocked on the door of dairy farmer John Sipple in Springbrook near Euclid. She was covered in mud, blood and bruises. She was shoeless and she asked for a doctor, claiming that she was a victim of an assault. She was taken to a local hospital where she asked for Jason Mengel. She initially told officers, paramedics and hospital staff that she could not remember what had happened and detectives were unable to find Woodsworth that night. The next day, while searching around the dairy farm, officers saw bloody footprints on the ground. They then found Woodsworth's body hanging out of the back of McCandless' 2003 Chevy Impala on a dirt road near the farmhouse. He had suffered 16 stab wounds to his head, neck, groin and torso. The car was stuck in dirt. So two weeks after Alex Woodward was found dead on April 6, 2018, McCandless was arrested and charged with first-degree intentional homicide. The trial started on October 15 in 2019 at the Dunn County Judicial Center, 18 months after the stabbing. At the trial, the prosecution highlighted the inconsistency in McCandless' stories and the crime scene. She was unable to recall what happened when first interviewed and told officers and the other team that arrived at the farm that she could not remember. In a recorded interview after the Dunn County officers told her that she that they had found her car and Alex's body, she eventually said that he had attacked her and said she had not been able to get it out of her head. She claimed he had also carved boy into her arm, to which she later admitted was one of her own doing. She changed the story of the attack from when she was the first interview to the trial. She initially stated, and I cut my hand because I kept trying to grab him, and then I finally got free and I finally got the knife away from him. She later said at the trial, I decided then to knee him in the groin and he drops the knife at that point. Instantly, I grabbed the knife. So these two testimonies were very different, which made McCandless more presume that she had committed the crime. So McCandless claimed that Woodsworth had attacked her in the backseat of a car. However, most of the blood evidence at the scene was found outside of the car and in an interview Prior to Alex's body being found, she had said that the incident happened at Owen Park in Euclid, which the prosecution says was to direct authorities away from the real scene. 
The knife used to kill Woodward was confirmed to be from McCandless' father's house. Her father, Joshin, stated at the trial he had previously given his daughter knives. Now, Dr. Tillotson, who had treated McCandless in the ER and assessed her injuries, testified that her knife wounds appeared to have the characteristics of self-inflicted wounds. He also that said that she had trouble recalling what had happened and had asked for Jason Mengel. Now, McCandless took Woodsworth's phone when she left the scene. The prosecution alleged that this was to leave him no means of being able to contact anyone had he been able to. They also said McCandless had stabbed Woodworth in hopes of preventing him getting in the way of her rekindling her relation with Mengel. The defense claimed that Woodworth was angry that McCandless did not want to be with him. Her defense attorney stated that she was fighting for her life after Woodward forced himself upon her and then attacked her. She testifies that she had been stabbed him and self-defense and she just wanted to try and get away. So on 2019, November 1st, McCandless was convicted of stabbing to death 24-year-old Woodward. She was held at the Dunn County Jail in Wisconsin until her sentencing date. So on February 7, 2020, McCandless was sentenced to life in prison with eligibility for payroll after 50 years for the first degree intentional homicide of Alex Woodward. McCandless' mother pleaded with the court to grant her daughter the possibility to petition for payroll after 20 years. Woodsworth aunt Crystal said in her impact statement at the sentencing, Throughout the trial, we never saw any sign of sadness, shame, compassion, or the slight bit of remorse for what you had done. Now, she is currently incarcerated at Techida Correctional Institution in Fond du Lac in Wisconsin. So, this was kind of a very deep dive into this case. This case was somewhat very interesting to dictate about it because the mechanist when first she went to the stranger's door and knocked and said that someone is following her was the starting from where this case actually started when she was covered in blood and all she turned out to be the actual criminal who committed the crime that she remembered every single thing but she was lying to save herself so thank you for listening to this case i hope you liked it i'll see you next time all the best have a great day